Welcome to Exploring the Mystical Side of Life with your host, Linda Lang. Hi, this is Linda Lang from ThoughtChange.com. I'm here today with Katie Kiefer. Katie is a spiritual teacher, an energy healer, and an author. And we are talking about your soul's divine blueprint. Welcome, Katie. Thank you for having me, Linda. So, Katie, one of the things that you offer the world is a divine blueprint. Can you tell us a little bit about what you mean by divine blueprint? So the divine blueprint is your divine soul's blueprint. And we're looking at your original soul blueprint based on how you were made by the creator at the first point of individuation. So when you were first born as a soul, that's what we're looking at. You're not talking about just this lifetime, are you? No, no. This is the the way your soul is designed to receive vital force energy, express itself, and move through your existence. And that's through all lifetimes. And now things can happen where we disrupt that. Things can happen that can kind of cause glitches or unsavory experiences. So are you saying that our blueprint can become corrupt? In a way, yes. Your original divine soul blueprint is always there. It's just a matter of how close are we living to it. And so... There are things that can happen like soul loss. The severe traumas can cause soul loss. You can actually hold soul loss from someone else, or most people would understand this as soul fragments. When that happens, it shows up in your life, and it just kind of makes things wonky and weird. So if you are off track or you've lost a fragment, or in some way you're expressing the not self is there a way to get back to that soul's divine blueprint oh absolutely absolutely and so there's many ways that you can come back to that and one is through truly expressing yourself and from the soul level not from the ego level so that's the trick right there that's the trick right there is to understand the difference Because I've known a lot of people who are like, well, I am living my soul. And I'm like, something's off. I don't know the details, but just intuitively, I know something's just not quite connecting or it's not, something's off. And so when you understand consciously how you're designed at soul level, it can really help you to come back into alignment with your original divine soul blueprint. And So then you can start taking action. You can start thinking a little differently. So it's like where you're conditioned to think and do this way. When you recognize that your soul blueprint is actually designed this way, then you can start interrupting these patterns that are not you. So Katie, how would a person have an inkling that maybe they're off track? Number one, life doesn't work. 
life does not work out very well. And what do you mean by that? It means when we are truly, fully aligned with our original divine soul blueprint, our relationships are healthy, we have plenty of money, our health is good, overall things are working. It doesn't mean that there's no hiccups or issues at all, but things flow and work really well. So there's not a whole lot of struggle. There's effort and work, but it's not struggle. And so when you're off track, it's like no matter what you do, something just doesn't work. So how do you actually determine what the soul's divine blueprint is? That is a very specific Akashic Records reading that accesses the divine soul blueprint. It's very specific questions and it's a very specific frame of reference. The Akashic Records are often likened to a library of all the information that's in existence. The information is always out there and flowing. It's always there. I log on to your soul blueprint, into your soul's record, and it's very specific. So essentially, we all have a unique makeup. And so none of us are identical, but there are eight overall what are called energy centers. Your energy centers are essentially, it's a particular energy that has a basic theme. Every energy center has a positive and a negative polarity. And so we want to look at that as a holistic energy center and how that makes up you at soul level. And so we all have a primary energy center, and some of us will have also a secondary energy center. So we all have at least a little bit of every energy center. All of our life experiences also affect our expression of that blueprint, but not necessarily the blueprint. Is that correct? I'm coming to understand that we can actually disrupt our blueprint. Now, our original soul blueprint is always available to us. It's always there. But even at soul level, when we have severe traumas or make choices that are really counter to how we are designed, it can actually cause major problems. So the way our blueprint would read now might not be the same as your original blueprint. So that's why when I go in and do readings, I am specifically looking for how were you designed at your originating point? Because that's what we wanna use as the frame of reference. And then I can go in and say, okay, so how much of this energy center is actually being expressed currently? And then we can see where you're at. And you mentioned that each center has a positive and negative polarity. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess you could call them shadow qualities. 
and it's it's really just more about expression and experience and there is kind of like an electrical aspect to it because you can't have one without the other we have both and it is a creative process would you mind giving us an overview of the eight centers just to lay the groundwork it can appear that the energy centers correlate with chakras and you know according to the training it it doesn't but it can appear that it does so they are not necessarily linked so the first energy center is really about community and it's divine compassion and so because divine compassionate people are very much about their community they empathy is their superpower they can really see you know who needs what and help meet those needs they can help meet those needs and so isolation for them is really would be a negative polarity they need to be out and about and, and interacting and to where that empathy and compassion can really flow so that's an important thing for them isolating somebody who is primary in compassion is really not healthy for them at all so the second energy center is divine manifestation and divine manifestation people are really the builders they build they like they, they want legacy kind of things they want to build things that are lasting they could be building wealth they could be building buildings literally and so that can show up in many different ways their big thing is they are the ones who really show us the joy of our physicality of the physical body of the physical world and so if they become really disconnected and kind of come out of body that is really a problem for them they need to be in their bodies and they need to be enjoying their life and the third one the third energy center is divine order and divine order is very much about form and function they like things to be functional and they like things to be beautiful and depending on just their own personal way of doing things which I'm hearing actually as we speak um, that can vary from lifetime to lifetime their energy center is the same but how it gets expressed may vary some people will want everything they do everything they have in their environment it needs to be beautiful and it needs to be functional if it's not they're like nope not interested i could imagine that perfectionism might be a shadow of this center perfectionism is the shadow side it is a very much a dysfunctional aspect of that very much and it's you know perfectionism is not good for any of us but it's really a problem for divine order because they end up frozen and it if it's not meeting their impossibly high standards that they set for themselves then they end up frozen and it's really hard for them to move forward and then our fourth energy center is divine love and healing and divine love and healing these are the natural healers these are people that just being in their presence 
is healing. They don't know what they're doing. They just know people feel better after they've been around them. <laughs> and so um, it, that one is really an interesting one because they are so relationship centric. These are people who have big bandwidth for relationships. And so divine love can actually fall into a negative polarity if they've really experienced a lot of toxic relationships and a lot of problem because they love to nurture and be nurtured. The reciprocity is something they understand at soul level really, really well. And so if they're not experiencing that, they can actually end up falling into codependency. Somebody with a divine love energy center who is not allowing themselves to receive needs to learn to receive. And if on the flip side, they've gotten so much to where they're not giving, then they need to learn to give. Because, I mean, trauma can flip us into either of those extremes. And so when you come further into alignment with your original design, that will start to even out. And it is a journey, but it will start to even out. The fifth energy center is communication. And communication energy centers, they move energy with words. And if they can use more words, they do. <laughs> and so, and, and these, these are also the people who can be really good at like online marketing and authors. And they're not the only ones, but this is like something that they have a natural tendency towards. And the most active part of that is authenticity. And so if somebody is a primary or even secondary communication energy center, they can be doing all the things that they know, but if they're not doing it in a way that is true to their own authenticity, it's just not going to work. It'll fall flat. It just kind of doesn't go anywhere. It's not necessarily bad. It just doesn't go anywhere. And so authenticity is really key for them. So then the sixth energy center is divine truth. And divine truth, people, is about individual truth. Because we all have our own truths. And divine truth, people, can really help others discover and express their own truth. They can become the strong silent types because they can get shut down when they're children. And it's just because they speak the truth. They make an observation that is truth, and there you go. As children, they just say it. And so then it's just that the parents will be like, oh, we don't say that, we don't say that. When a healthier way to address that as a parent would be, I recognize you observed a truth, but there are some things we just don't say because it can be really hurtful to people. And so to teach them that, Yes, what they observed is true, and how and when to say what can be really helpful. And most of us have not grown up with that. If anything, it's just you don't do this, and that's the only part we get. And so divine truth people can become very strong and silent. So when they're young, they can have no filter. Right. Right. And I suppose that can actually carry on as adults as well, that they might not have a filter. Uh, yeah, there, there's a few people that I know that I'm like, I haven't done their blueprint. And I'm like, 
I'm very curious. I'm like, I wonder if divine, because they have no filter whatsoever. And so, and I don't know if they are without getting into their record. And so tact is something that is very helpful. The seventh. The seventh energy center is all about divine power. And divine power is very much about freedom. They need to have power over their own lives. It's not about power over others. It's just about having power over their own lives, their own choices, and the freedom to do whatever it is that they choose to do, however they choose to do it or they're aligned with. And so obligation is really a problem for divine power people because when you're in obligation, you don't have freedom. And so at like at soul level, if you've taken on a vow somewhere, especially at soul level, where you have a vow of that, that obligates you into something that actually dampens their expression of their divine power because they've essentially given that power away. And so they, they can, they can be the ones who seem kind of flighty at times or that like they don't care and it's not that they don't care they can care very deeply but they have to be able to have that space to do things their way so people that have this center as their primary influence in their pattern do they get married and hold jobs and you know do all <laughs> these things that demand some level of commitment yes yes they can and they do um the biggest thing for them is that they need to find a way that works for them so parenting is a really good example of that because when you have small children they require a lot that is a big obligation and so divine power parents need support they would need a partner or a, a, a team of people their friends their family that understand that they need to do things their way which means their relationship with their children and how they care for their children is going to look a little different from what we would typically consider to be the normal way of doing things so I'm curious if these particular people that really need a level of freedom in their expression, do they allow other people to have freedom in their expression as well? Or is it kind of like my way or the highway kind of? That's a really good question. And as far as I can tell with the divine power people that I know, so far, so far in my experience, what I'm seeing is that they're pretty good about letting other people do their thing. Even if they don't understand it, the, the trouble when, when, if they might, would start to get controlling, that would be conditioning that's coming in, not their inherent soul urges or their soul driven way of being because they understand that they need freedom at soul level. And so at soul level, they understand others need their freedom too. And what is the shadow side of that center? Obligation. Obligation is absolutely the shadow side of that. And there's one more, there's eight, right? The eighth. The eighth energy center is divine wisdom. 
And divine wisdom is really all about that universal wisdom. And it's an inherent connection with the larger truths and the larger understandings of how things are, how things work. These are people that things need to make sense to them. They really need to make sense. And they have a, it's the kind of thing that common sense is not so common. They have trouble with this. <laughs> they have big trouble with this because what is just common sense to them isn't to others. And so they can have a little bit of a struggle if they need to change how they think because how we think can really be conditioned. And so that conditioning can cause an issue. So as I listen to your description of all of these centers, you know, I can see parts of me in all of them. Mm -hmm. And I can see in people I know certain mm -hmm. characteristics yeah. that you talked about. But my understanding is that this is at the soul level, how they're expressing mm -hmm. might not be quite as clear cut as, oh, you do this, so you're this center. You could right. be you could be expressing the the not self or expressing at a level that is not your blueprint and it might appear that you would be one of these other. Yeah. So going based on just your own experiences and how you think you operate may or may not point to your original soul blueprint. And there's times that if you're really not living to your soul blueprint, when you get your original blueprint and you're like, oh, these are common things of my primary energy center, this just doesn't make any sense. Because it, if you're so conditioned or you've come so far away from expressing it and living it and embracing it in your incarnated life, it can be really challenging. When I got mine, my primary, I'm like, I resonated with everything that was like, I'm like, yeah, that, that's me, that's me, that's me, but all this good stuff about it. I'm like, really? That doesn't make any sense to me. And it's because I was really much more in the negative polarity and understanding that has allowed me to go, oh, okay, so this is how I've been functioning. Let's move it to this. And it's a journey because there's so much more. We have our energy centers, but we also have an operating system, which is another level of our original blueprint, which is how we are designed to do things, how we are designed to manifest and create. And so when we take that into account, then that can really support us in coming into the positive expression and polarities of our energy center. Well, sounds really interesting. That's, that's for sure. The idea that a soul has an overarching pattern that mm -hmm. runs through all of the lights. That's a very interesting idea. Just before we wrap up, Katie, do you have anything else you'd like to leave the listeners with? Uh, yes, I do. And that is that you have radical permission to be who you really are. You have permission to allow your soul to shine through 
you have radical permission to undo the conditioning and all of the choices that you may have made that would be against your original soul blueprint that have caused disruptions or challenges, you have permission to change that and to live the truth of your soul more and more every day. Beautiful, beautiful message. Katie, thank you so much for being my guest. Would you like to share your contact information? Sure. I can be found at awakentheinnerlight.com or over where my books are at coffeewiththeangels.com. Perfect. I'll put both of those links in the show notes. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of Exploring the Mystical Side of Life. You will find us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on Facebook. If you liked this episode, please check out some of our other episodes. Share it with a friend. We appreciate your support. Come and visit me at thoughtchange.com and learn what energy medicine can do for you. Bye for now.